Hi everyone, my name is Lauren and I'm a television news reporter and I also like to write behind the scenes my own personal blog and this blog post is one that did the best for me. It got the most reaction, I got a message from a guy that I hadn't seen in 10 years saying he could totally relate and thank you so much for sharing this and that's why I've decided to make it my first recording. So, uh, thanks for listening. For anyone who has experienced a panic attack, you know it's the absolute worst. It's like your body that is usually so kind and cooperative suddenly flips you the bird and says, I'm a fuck with you tonight, bitch. And then it does. Pounding heart, loss of breath, blurry vision, dizziness, inability to think clearly, desire to run and hide. It's terrible, and I wouldn't wish a panic attack on my worst enemy. Except maybe the guy who emailed the station to call me an unfriendly robot. Everything I've read about responding to panic attacks says to slow your breathing and take a few minutes to yourself, maybe lie down, basically just chill out for a bit. But that is awfully hard to do while anchoring a live television news broadcast. And that just so happens to be my body's favorite place to perform this Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde slideshow. Now, it doesn't happen every time I go on air, not even close. It's shown up six to seven times in two years of being on television, which makes it just frequent enough to put me on edge and incite butterflies. This is usually how it plays out. I start reading the show from the teleprompter and all is well. Then in the midst of describing Trump's latest tweet or local meth lab explosion, it happens. An evil voice I don't recognize slithers into my brain and asks an unthinkable question. What if you freak the fuck out on TV right now, have a panic attack, and totally embarrass yourself? That's usually followed by a high-pitched villainous cackle. And what do I do? I walk right into the trap. I listen to that stupid voice and do exactly what it wants. I stop breathing, my eyes tear up, I turn red, I stutter. I look for the nearest exit and I hope for a lightning bolt to hit the station and take the transmission signal with it. That lightning bolt has yet to strike. So why is this happening? In the past year, I've welcomed a very unwelcome behavior into my life. An odd sleep disorder with a voice eerily similar to the one asking me to throw myself under the television career bus. But its go-to pickup line sounds something like this. What if you don't sleep tonight, feel like shit in the morning, can't work out due to exhaustion, and stop being so astoundingly funny all the time because you're so tired? Again, that's followed by a high-pitched cackle. And for months, I listened to that jerk every single night and didn't sleep a wink. It's like this evil voice has read the secret and has mastered the art of manifesting exactly what it wants. Ask and you will receive. Recently, I was introduced to a coping technique that's not uncovered in a simple Google search regarding panic attacks and sleep disorders. The technique isn't easy because it feels wrong. Instead of reassuring myself that I won't freak out on live TV or that I will sleep like a baby, I do the opposite. Now, right before my director says, Mike's hot and Q, I tell myself, well, self, this is it. You're going to have a panic attack, stop breathing, embarrass yourself, lose your job, and cry on TV. Then, throughout the show, while reading the news script out loud, 
I read that different and slightly terrifying script internally over and over and over again. Now, that might sound like the absolute worst crock of shit idea you've ever heard of, and I'd actually have to agree. Except that it kind of works. See, the power I give to the fear is partially removed when I recognize that its occurrence could happen. And my panic about having a panic attack has lessened dramatically. Now, I can't say this is a foolproof method, nor do I promise to be accurately explaining this methodology. I'm working off a friend's recommendation, and my adaption to it seems to be somewhat successful. As for the sleep, it's a work in progress. Prior to this experiment, my boyfriend would cheerfully comment, I bet you sleep great tonight. Or my mom might say, you could use a good night's sleep. Those few and well-intentioned words were enough to send me into a downward tailspin. The what-ifs were instantly triggered, and my mind became so preoccupied with the consequences of not sleeping that it wouldn't. So now, before bed, and after being prompted by me, my boyfriend utters these lovely and blush-worthy words. You're going to sleep horrible tonight. You probably won't sleep a wink. You're going to feel terrible in the morning. It's probably going to happen. You don't know, and you can't control it. What a sweet guy. But I think it's helping. Not as instantaneously as with panic attacks, but slowly things are changing. When he tells me how awful I will sleep, I laugh and feel like a weight has been taken off my chest. Then I usually take a big breath and just agree with him. Nothing is solved yet. I don't sleep perfect, and I'm still wary of an on-air panic attack. But I think progress is being made. But who knows? I probably won't sleep tonight, and I'll probably have an on-air panic attack tomorrow. We just don't know.